What's up, everyone, and welcome to Play Hard and Love Big Radio. My name is Nick Clark, and I'm your host for today's show. Play Hard and Love Big Radio is the official podcast of Spotted Dog Yoga and Sup, based out of Folsom, California. We are dedicated to bringing you the inspirational people and inspirational stories to help you live your most purposeful and passionate life. And today we have an amazing guest, one of my favorite people, Sophia Burt. What's up, Sophia? Hello, what's up? <laughs> what's up? You know, you I've known you for quite a long time now. Yeah, when did you when did you start coming to the studio? So you said like you're about to have your 10 year anniversary. And I believe my parents probably started coming right around when it opened. I'm guessing because we were always in this plaza. I'm going to New Yo, walking our dog. And I I honestly think I did start coming when I was 14 or 15. So right, right around the first two years that the studio opened, um, I would always come in with my mom, just like every once in a while, pop in for a class. Um, and yeah, I think it's been that long. Did you grow up in Folsom? I did. I was born in Washington, but I was raised in Folsom. Um, I've lived all over Folsom, closer to Old Town Folsom, and then closer to Spotted Dog in Folsom. And I went to, let's see, Empire Oaks, Russell Ranch, Folsom Middle School, and Vista Del Lago High School. So <laughs> shout out to all those schools and all the people who listen, who maybe have kids or friends who go there. Yeah. What was your favorite part about growing up in Folsom? That's a good question. Um, I think the opportunity and also the friends that I made. Um, it's kind of insane. I've been reflecting on this a lot, but one of my first friends, you know, middle school, you combine all the different schools together. And one of my first friends in middle school who went to a different school, so like we met for the first time in a math class, she and I are now neighbors living in downtown Sacramento. And we've been friends since we were 10. And she invited me to her 10th or her 11th birthday party. And it's just so insane to be like, wow, like we truly have like stuck by each other's side for over a decade. It's it's really crazy to think about. And I'm really grateful for that type of community. Yeah, Folsom does have that going for it. Absolutely. It's like, I mean, obviously it's growing a lot, but with within that growth and ever since I was ever in Folsom, there's just a sense of community and support from the community of other people. Yeah, I think so. And I totally felt that from your parents and you when you were coming in there at like 13 years old. <clears throat> yeah. Alicia and Steve, two of my favorite people on the entire planet, um, bringing their daughter in to do some yoga. What um, what would you say at that age, even though you weren't coming maybe all the time, but at that age, what was yoga doing for you? What did you like about it? Do you, can you recall? Yeah, I can actually. I remember I would wear like gym clothes and I would just sweat and stick to the gym clothes that I had on, like those PE shorts that are long. And I just remember being like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'm like, wow, I'm sweating. <laughs> Um, I remember the class now that I've like done the awaken training, I remember the class feeling so long, like, especially for like a 14 year old, 15 year old mind. That's like constant, you know, hamster wheel running around. Um, I just remember the class felt pretty long and then I was like, oh, okay, we're at the stretching part now. Um, so that was, it's fun to like reminisce about that. And then I remember actually, I think I went more the summer before I moved away to college and um, I would go with my mom and I was working at Islands Burgers that used to be, you know, on the corner. And um, so I'd go to yoga with her. And I remember 
there was like a class and they said something like your body can like feel and hear what your mind's saying. And I had like a tear (laughs) shed down and it was just that hard time before like moving out of my parents' house and like starting my life, going to college and all that stuff. Um, So I remember that class also, like my mom was like, let's go to yoga. Like let's, you know, work through some stuff because it was such a, you know, it's a big deal to move out and, you know, start that whole process. Yeah. And where did you end up going to school? I went to San Diego State. Ooh, that's a pretty sweet place to go to school. What was that like? Yeah, it was good. I honestly didn't have, um, like, I enjoyed it for, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I went more for my degree program than to necessarily party on the beach the whole time. So Mm -hmm. I didn't do that part, but I'm super thankful for the people that I met there and the opportunities that I got there. Um, I wrote for the newspaper and then I transitioned to working for my college doing PR and like writing articles, doing social media posts, helping with video, all that great stuff. And what's awesome is the, some of the women that I were in my classes with, we still like some of us work together, which is crazy to think like years later, we're working for the same company in the same office together Um, and then we also just have a network where we always support each other in our next like endeavors. And it's really awesome to have that connection with them. And what were you going to school for? Uh, journalism and public relations. Wow. That's awesome. That's neat. And you, and it ended up landing you in the job you have now, obviously. And what are you doing right now for work? So right now I work for a global PR company and I, um, work at an agency. So we have a bunch of different clients and that is, um, so it's kind of constantly happening, constantly busy because, you know, different projects, different deadlines for each client. Um, we work a lot in the food and agribusiness space. So, um, some, some titles you might see in the store. I was actually in the grocery, like, you know, the checkout and you look at the candy and then you look at the snacks and I was like, Oh, I've worked for like three of these companies. So it's really fun to see like the consumer, experience and know all the behind the scenes that go with it. That is so neat. Have you, um, have you heard of a company called Yum Earth? Do you know that one? It's like, it's kind of like a healthy, like can't, they have a lot of healthy candy. Katie and I buy that for our They do the Swedish fish. Like I don't know if they do a Swedish fish. I know. I'll have to look into that. Are they the ones with a lot of fiber in the candy or is that a different one? I don't know, but I definitely need that candy. Yeah. <laughs> There's one that I know has like a pretty high fiber count, but um it might be the reason else. the reason I mention that is because it's so interesting for mm-hmm. me, and maybe you have a perspective on this too, but the I know you do, but um how more and more I'm seeing healthier options for people in in food or even in candy like that. hmm Yeah, it's it's definitely a trend especially like we're looking forward to a lot of trends next year. And it's like, um, you know, plant-based food is really like still popular, still on the rise, but also returning. I think there was a phase where it was plant-based food um, that was made to look like, you know, real food. Like you can have a plant-based burger and it looks like a burger, but it's not meat. And I think now we're kind of going back to the trend of plant-based to actually eat the plants. And like plant-based to eat like real food instead of super processed food that is made to look like something it isn't. 
That's exactly. Right. And I think people mm-hmm. that are meat eater meat eaters are eating more meat and less of the stuff that's supposed to taste like meat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like in general, more, more people seem to be going back to whole foods. Um, as yeah, a way to exactly. Like incorporate actual vegetables into your meal, incorporate uh, actual balance in your meal, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's cool. The other thing about that that's, you know, like supply drives um, creates demand, obviously. And um, I remember when organic started to be kind of like a buzzword and whatnot. And yes, organic is more expensive, but it's become a little bit less expensive over time from my recollection. And there's bigger aisles and there's more options. And it's like the more people that purchase that kind of stuff, the more we can drive the prices down and the more it becomes available to other people. Yeah, definitely. That's pretty cool. Hey, um, so I want to circle back just a second to your parents, both sets of your parents. They've made, they made a huge difference in your life, right? Huge difference in your life. Um, so what would you say that you've learned from your parents that's helped you get to where you are right now? Oh my gosh, so much. Um, for a little background, I was raised by four parents, which, you know, it's a little bit more than normal, um, <laughs> but, you know, all the more love. Um, my parents divorced when I was two and I think I was two and, um, for a while it was both, you know, raising me as single parents. And then they eventually met, um, the people who they married and are with today, very like happy relationships over, I think over almost over 15 years for both relationships. So it's awesome to kind of, it's like, you don't think about it and you're like, wait, you guys have been together almost 20 years now. Like that's crazy. Um, as I get older, that happens, but they taught me so much about, um, I'd say hard work is the first thing that comes to mind. Um, both my mom being a flight attendant and my dad is a construction worker. So he has his own business and he does remodels and, um, like cabinet building, all that stuff. And then kind of expanding to the outer wings of my stepdad worked as a pilot and he was also in the military, um, for 23 years. So he served and then continued to be a pilot. And my stepmom has worked um, in marketing for a while and then now works for the government. And that's what's really inspired my you know, path because I saw what she was doing at work and I was like, oh, I would really like that. Um, but they've all just been very like dedicated um, to providing, which I think is an awesome uh, quality. They taught me to be very independent um, <laughs> and self-sufficient, I always say. like um, Transitioning into adulthood actually wasn't too difficult for me because I was used to like, you know, I had to be on time. I had to take care of myself. And they um, also kind of circling back to all the food talk, they um, eat very healthy and they grow gardens and both sets do. Love gardening, love fresh food, um, love healthy food and good food little spoiled, of course, growing up, but, um, it's just helped me, you know, stay in tune with what makes me feel good because I'm able to, you know, remember like, you know, growing up, eating healthy meals made me feel better as I worked out and I did martial arts and I had to, you know, pass tests and classes and all that stuff. Um, so it was great to, you know, use those tools that they taught me. And I was always in the kitchen helping too. So, Um, use those tools and have them now where I can see like, oh, like I can meal prep, I can plan, I can, you know, call my doctor, I know how to call and make an appointment. You know, it's so interesting to see 
Um, there are a lot of barriers that I feel like people face when they enter adulthood. And, you know, it's hard to, you know, keep track of everything, bills, work, life, all the good stuff. Um, but they really did a great job of like showing me, I think, the world and teaching me a way to navigate it. There's one of the these things that we talk about with our teachers a lot is that, and I live by, is that, you know, listen to, don't listen to my words, listen to what I do. You know, as a leader, it's so important to do those things that you say that you're doing. And I think in the world today, there can be a lot of people who are saying they're doing it, but they're not really doing it. And then that can create like some confusion for people, you know, but I think it's so neat to hear what you're saying about your parents. They were in the action of creating a healthy life for them and it rubbed off on you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And for my kids, that's what I know will happen too. You know, we cook healthy, we get them outside as much as possible. They're not on their devices all the time. It's like when they're older, they're going to jump out and explore the world and they're going to be as healthy and ready as they possibly can be. And I think that's the greatest gift we can give our next generation. Yeah. Especially with the screen time um, and all that, like just, and I know you live in Idaho now. I was thinking about that, like how much closer you are to so many more, you know, adventure spots and we're not far here. You know, I was thinking like Auburn isn't too far and then taking that extra jump to Tahoe, Tahoe. Really isn't that far, but <laughs> but um, it is. It's true. I also was raised like camping, hiking. You know, get up, go out, and do something. You know, I'm not going to spend like sometimes. You know, you got to lay in bed all day, recoup. But other days, it's like, great, yeah, I'll come out for a 9:30 yoga and then do a podcast and then go get groceries. You know, all that good stuff. You certainly are a person that I think is very much in the flow of life, Sophia. And yeah, and y'all, if you haven't met her, you're so lucky you get a chance to meet her here because she's one of the most enthusiastic, positive people that I've ever met. I believe that. Do people do people say that about you a lot, or is that just me Actually, making it up? Um, yeah, on my job, uh, uh, what are they called when they sit you down and say like, "So this year, blah." Um, uh, like know, your review or something yeah that one yes yeah. so on my review they're always like you have such a positive energy you have like such a you're always willing to jump in and help and I've had I think most jobs have said that about me and what's funny is I may or may not actually like what I'm doing but that's not necessarily the point to me it's like I'm going to work and one it's paying my bills two it gives me something to do in the day but I don't let my happiness like be depicted based off like how each day or like how each workday is going. You know, I'm not like I'm there to be a part of a team. I'm there to put in my best and like get things done. And I try to not let what other people do affect me too much in this sense, because I have like the positive work persona. Like I don't like if I'm just going to sit around and complain, like the task still needs to get done. So um, I've used that and it's helped me a lot when like navigating um, life and just the work environment too. Yeah. What I'm hearing is it's large part a mindset. Mm -hmm. What other yeah. tools, what other tools do you use Sophia to mm -hmm. stay in that mindset? I mean, my experience, like I'm super positive. I give myself mm -hmm. like a, a, 
yeah. or an A minus sometimes, but there's times when I give myself a big fat F, like I am completely oh, yeah. pessimistic. I'm like negative and like mm-hmm. Katie's got to draw me out or I got to do something to draw myself yeah. out. Like, What do you do to keep yourself in that positive mindset? That's a great question. Um, I heard a, um, I heard it was a TikTok. I'm going to be honest. And, um, and it was this woman saying, sometimes you have to talk to your brain like a toddler. So I've actually implemented that in my life and I can, you know, through awareness, of course, first I'm like, Ooh, like these are, these are harsh thoughts coming out. These are harsh, like rare, you know, like, Woo, what's going on? (laughs) And I will be like, okay, what doing? Sometimes I'll be like, okay, brain, like we, we got to calm it down. We can't, it's, I'm brushing my teeth at 7am this morning. We can't be thinking about this right now. So, and I did that. <laughs> I promise I'm not crazy. <laughs> I love it. Now you know what Katie's going to see me doing. Yeah. But it helps because you have to take yourself outside of yourself a little bit to examine. Um, I was taught to kind of, look at my thoughts objectively. And I think that's kind of the first step in kind of recognizing, like, of course, everyone has bad days or you wake up and you hear terrible news. Like lots of bad things obviously happen throughout life, throughout the world, all that. And I think one, it's okay to like feel feelings, you know, it's okay to sit down and be like, okay, I thought today was going to be like an A plus day. Today we got to rock with like a C minus. And what can I do to kind of accommodate that C minus so that I can move forward throughout the day and still be, you know, to the best of my ability at work or, you know, with your kids in life, whatever, or with your friends, you know, whatever you need, like, how can I kind of, I think that thought went bye-bye, but like, how can (laughs) But like, how can I get through the day with, you know, the feelings that I'm feeling? Um, That's a good point, though. Like, really, I think I think I do that for sure. And a lot of people probably do is they they resist the feeling, you know, as opposed to and then when you that quote, what you resist persists. So they're resisting this, like, say it's anger right? They're resisting the anger. So the anger stays with them throughout the day, as opposed to what you're saying, which is that you, you deal with it, you absorb it, you navigate it because it's not going to go anywhere else. You feel it and then you just keep moving forward with it. And then ultimately that power of that anger dissipates and it no longer is controlling you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I will say actually the awaken training helped me a ton with it. Um, with like, navigating and kind of recentering myself. Um, because when we started the meditations, I would sit down to meditate and I was like, "Woo, what is coming up? You know, it was, it was anger. It was resentment. It was just like, why am I in this place in this time? Why did these things happen to me? Um, and actually, so being in like the meditation and all that led me to go, Oh, I should talk to someone professionally because I'm mad about things you know and it did and it's been awesome like I got the help that I've been needing and it's really cool when you take those like moments and listen to acknowledge like oh there is something maybe like higher going on that could be um that could be worked on and then once it is worked on then you are able to keep like going through and 
pushing up that grade of your day, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, that's a really good point. You know, I I hadn't necessarily thought of it that way, but it what I'm hearing you say is that your awareness of the emotions that you were feeling that came from being in meditation led you to a place where you're like, hey, I need somebody to talk to about this on yeah. Like kind of clear it out of my system. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's amazing. What else did you learn from the awakened yoga training? Um, I think the, you know, sitting down and centering to like get help was like the biggest thing that's really impacted my life in a positive way. But also what I love is we're constantly like limiting ourselves. And I think that's a natural human instinct, you know, stay comfortable, stay complacent, which I don't know if that's too harsh of a word, but I think it's true. And awaken really reminds you that like, your body is so capable, you know, and that's something I was taught in my black belt training and in my years of martial arts. But, you know, life hits you, you go through a whirlwind, a hurricane, and then you wind up older and you're like, oh, like I'll do a yoga training. And you're like, that's right. I can do it all. And I can jump in and you know, do that morning where we did so many sun A's. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm well, first of all, afterwards, I was like, I need to eat. I am out of it. But then I was like, wow, I really just spent all Sunday afternoon doing sun A's. <laughs> and I'm fine the next day, like my arms aren't gonna fall off, you know, <laughs> like, damn, I'm capable, right? Like Exactly. It's like my body is capable of so much more than I give it credit for. So I think that's always a good reminder. And even doing the yoga class this morning, I was like, Sophia, if someone was like, life or death, you have to sit in chair pose for 10 minutes, I'd probably be able to do it. So holding seven breaths won't kill me, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What about the aspect of uh, standing up and teaching a class and leading yeah. people? What did you learn from that? That was awesome. It definitely, I think, reshapes your brain a little bit. In, um, not necessarily being other focused, but like understanding, I think how to command a room and how to um, like the teach in your body, teach through everybody. That's huge. Um, I even use that. Like if I'm talking to someone and I notice like my brain's dilly dallying away, I'll be like, like ground in to like really be present for them. Um, And also just the feeling of like, it's confidence because you have to know in your heart that you know, like, you know, because you do the yoga, but like, you know, because you can say it as well. And you know, like knowing that trusting yourself so that you actually know what you're doing. But I have an example of this. So when we had to do our first kind of practice teaching, and it was like, okay, Sophia, you lead the first sun A's or whatever the beginning is. And, um, Oh yeah. They're called integration and then awaken. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, how long has it been? You can't forget this now. I, didn't um, I was just, I'm grounded listening to you. I'm here okay. for you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, and I stood up in front of the class and I was like, okay, we're just going to breathe and be present. And as long as I could like focus on that thread of being present, I didn't mess up. And then the second my little brain started kind of that, um, it caught a grasp of what I was doing and made me kind of turn into myself and be like, you're teaching a class now. That's when I started to falter a bit. But when I just breathed and like trusted, like, 
you've done enough yoga classes to know how this class begins, like what comes after extended mountain pose, a forward fold, and then a halfway lift, like just trusting that. Um, I totally felt that flow with the students um, or the other Awaken uh, participants when we were practicing, and it was really cool. And it's amazing how in the first time you do that, you can get a glimpse of that feeling and experience, um, even with like no, not a lot of prior teaching experience before. Where are you taking that outside of the yoga room? How are you using that in work or how are you using that in your relationships? That's a good question. Um, I think that like being grounded and trusting and also really trying to push out and ignore that voice. Um, Some people have called it like monkey brain before or other things. Most people, I'm pretty sure everyone has some version of it. And um, I did that for this podcast, actually. Mm -hmm. I was like, I trust, I need to trust myself that whatever will come out of my mouth will be correct. And I won't say anything dumb, you know, like I need to trust that I know how to speak to people and I know how to be on air and, you know, the worst, the absolute worst thing probably won't happen. So, you know, that's that's so, that's so perfect. It's so perfect. I mean, you're doing it right now. Yeah. Like you're present, you're just doing it. You're in the, Mm -hmm. in the practice of it right now, which ultimately is what happens for people when they do these trainings or they do a consistent practice is it just starts to become them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you recognize that that's really neat. I am too. Like, like I said, my feet are grounded. Mm -hmm. I'm just listening to you. I'm learning a lot from you. I'm loving, I just love your um, passion for sharing. You know, it made me think of this story. Mm -hmm. I think you'll appreciate it. And I don't know if I've told it before, but I remember going to uh, my first Baptiste yoga training and it was in Mm -hmm. Hawaii there's like 150 people in the room and he said, Hey, will you please just stand up in front of the room, say your name, say where you're from Mm -hmm. and what you're excited about. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, Nick, keep it simple. Like right away I went in my head, you know, and then the more people that went, the more people that stood up, the more I got in my head and it was like a total shit show. I was like, Oh, great. Uh So I get up there and they're excited about this, but I can't say that because da da da. (laughs) Right. Like, so I decided to simplify it. Sophia, I'm like, okay, my name is Nick. I didn't Mm -hmm. say, this is what I'm saying to myself. I said, my name is Nick. Mm -hmm. I'm from Folsom, California. And I'm Mm -hmm. excited about the yoga. Like, that's all I was going to say. I got up there. I shit Mm -hmm. you not. I forgot my name. I was like, (laughs) uh, uh, my name is, I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? And then I like muffed it, totally muffed it, sat down, watched everybody go through it again. And this is the kind of person I am. And I think you too. He's like, does anybody have anything else? And I raised my hand. I was like, can I go again? (laughs) Yeah. And I went up. And I did it again, but I got, sh- and I got shaky again and it wasn't clear again, but it was better. Yeah. You know? And I had this, and I had this realization there. I'm like, man, all it takes is repetition. You just like keep putting mm-hmm. yourself in these situations that are a little bit uncomfortable. Keep putting yourself yeah. there over and over again and things will change for you, you know? And what I think a lot of people don't do is they don't put themselves in uncomfortable situations because they're afraid of the mm-hmm. feelings that come with that initial first uncomfortability or yeah they really care what so much about what other people think about them that they hold themselves back you know definitely yeah so there's my story (laughs) I like it yeah I can relate it's just that feeling of like like you're shaky um and you're just like oh and then afterwards you're like oh it wasn't that bad and then you also think people probably were so nervous for themselves that they were like oh 
Nick, that's cool. Nick's from Folsom. What am I going to say? You know, <laughs> I think about that. <laughs> right. People are so much in their head about their own yeah. stuff that they don't even pay attention to what you're saying. Right. That's kind of like, uh, yeah. uh, that's another thing that yoga has opened up for me is the ability to listen with more intent, you know, um, something that you, I know that you also are a lover of are reading books and spiritual s books mm -hmm. like you told me oh, that yeah. you read through some Don Miguel Ruiz and mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle. What did you get from okay. a new earth? That um interestingly enough it was a college course that I took. The whole class um, was on it? Uh it wasn't on it. I finessed college. I will just do a site sidebar and say I finessed college. I did take a lot of AP classes in high school. Um, to the kids grinding in those now, my heart goes out to you, but they do work. So I graduated college in three years and um, I, because I went to a state school, those credits transferred over. Um, cool. If you go to a private school, sometimes they don't, but um, I graduated in three years. I studied abroad twice and I took a consciousness hacking class that counted towards journalism credits. <laughs> a consciousness so. hacking class. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. took a um, intercultural communication as well, but it was like mindfulness, meditation, and intercultural communication. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so in that class, in that course, mm -hmm. you went over that book? Yes. Yeah. And we had to read and blog about it. And it's funny because they told us to meditate every day. And I was like, I'll try. And I could meditate for like one minute back then. Like not even. It was just not not computing. Um, and so it was cool to kind of jump back into the awaken training and learn about meditation more. And I think also in a style that works well for me, um, you know, meditating in a way that works well. And, um, that was kind of a full circle moment of being like, ah, I can do it now. But we did, we read, um, a new earth and then Untethered Thoughts is what we read in the mindfulness and meditation course um, for the intercultural communication class. And those were kind of my intro to examining my thoughts and examining what goes on up here and how that affects truly everything else. Um, and it was very insightful. And even if I read them again now, I'd probably be like, wow, like, Oh my gosh, like I think those those never get old. The insight is always there, but it never gets old. Um what stuck out with me in the Eckhart Tolle book was the idea of pain bodies and operating from a place of hurt that projects outwards and um being able to recognize that in other people. Um one of the examples I believe in the Eckhart Tolle book is you know, you're out to dinner and you hear the couple next to you like fighting or whatever. And then there's this sudden outburst and it's understanding like a lot of people are operating from a place of pain and a lot of like wounds that happen through life, through childhood, you know, society, adulthood, whatever it is. Um, but kind of recognizing that's where they're coming from and that's how they operate the rest of their life. And being able to examine that, read the book. Um, I don't recall all the other insight he has off of it, but um, that really just like blew my mind. I was like, wow, like, you know, people are operating from places of pain. They don't know how to express themselves through certain things or just recognizing like 
how that affects everything in life. You know, it's so interesting too, that Mm -hmm. what you were talking about with your experience of meditation and the awakened training Mm -hmm. is very similar, um, to what he's talking in that book, right? Like you, even, even though you didn't know it, you are still mm-hmm. operating from a place of anger in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Like that emotion was still harbored inside of you. Right. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> and it's so good to have that perspective that, um, when you're looking, you, you know, you're observing people or you're having a conversation mm-hmm. with people or you're just cohabitating with people. Yeah, like we, we do. Mm-hmm. It's good to have that understanding that, you know, we don't, really know what other people are going through and to get mm-hmm. like I think it gives us that like a little bit more compassion in general at least it makes me Definitely. feel like that mm-hmm. does it you yeah. too yeah I think so um it's interesting because I think the line between like compassion and empathy is very like I don't know what it is but I think there's like a definite line between whereas I think previously I was a lot more empathetic, which is kind of like feeling other people's emotions versus acknowledging what they're going through and being like compassionate and trying to be like, hold a space for someone. Um, That's like a very, that's a thing I've worked on and like acknowledged, you know, in life kind of transitioned into. Yeah. I acknowledge you for making the distinguishment between the two because there is a difference and mm-hmm. like what well, you would say, I guess you would say you're pretty empathic. Like you're, you're able to feel other people. Yeah. Or just kind of like tell like, Oh, that was like not going well. Or like, I'm, I, I'd say actually just cause personally I've been trying to s- stray away from being like, Oh, I'm an empath. Well, it's like, it's true. But, um, I'd say I'm observant. Like I'm observant and I pick up on, you know, little things that people do. Um, yeah. And the more present people are, in mm-hmm. general in life, the more that yeah. observant they are and the more that they pick up on those things, you know? Yeah, definitely. Like the more people are in their head or just like can't stop talking or whatever it <laughs> yeah. is, the less the less they pick up on the obvious, you know, in some ways. But and and I'm saying that in a compassion way compassionate yeah, way because exactly. I have compassion for people. I mean, you're in the marketing sector, like social media and all all the information in the information age, what what suggestions do you have for people um, in creating a balanced life with all this information and technology? Um, Boundaries, which, you know, such a hot button topic right now, but even, um, even like on TikTok, I have a reminder that like, Hey, you've already spent an hour on TikTok today. Like you should probably like do something else. And, you know, sometimes in the space where I'm like, Oh yeah, I should put my phone down. And other times I'm like, yeah, no, I'm still going. But having the um, <clears throat> the consciousness and the perspective, um, actually going back all the way to my parents, one thing my mom was really great about is um, understanding what I put in feeds my brain. And she, you know, of course, some people are like, oh, my parents are strict. They didn't let me watch things. But it's true because, like, I don't let certain negative things into my mind because I know once they're there, they can fester. So I don't watch horror movies. I don't watch things that'll scare me. Like my friends know, is it like a Sophia coded movie or is it not? It's um, awesome. But it's truly helped me because, you know, because I lean more empathetic and because I'm more sensitive to certain things, if I 
throw myself into that space, it will, I'd say it'll rock me harder than maybe someone who isn't as like open or sensitive to those things. Some people are like, yeah, it was just a movie, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. And then I'm over here like crying, like it's going to take me like a day to get over it, like all these things. So horror flicks are the worst thing for me. I can't sleep after a horror flick. I'm like constantly on edge. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, and that'll just like last, you know? What was that? Um, I said, it'll just like last too. So it's like, okay, you watch a couple and you're like, oh, but it makes me so scared. But then if you think about it, your heart rate jumps, your body immediately goes into a panic and then you continue that cycle, but your body doesn't know what's an actual threat versus what's a perceived threat. And then it's like you're raising those like panic levels and then naturally you're just going to go into a panic more because you open yourself up to all of that stuff. Um, Yeah. And you start living in fear and mm-hmm. then the fear is that underlying emotion that's guiding your life. And then yeah. the next thing you know, you put up an inv- inv- invisible fence outside of your house. Yeah. <laughs> you put a deadbolt, extra deadbolt yeah. on your door and you're just like afraid exactly. to go outside because that's exactly. scary movie. <laughs> Yep. I mean, that may be, I maybe have expounded on that too much, but you know, I get, I get you. Yeah. I feel you. It, it'll just like waterfalls. So with that, and I think with the news, like being a part of the news cycle, it's truly exhaustive. Like back in the day, I wasn't even alive, but like my parents say, you know, the news was at a specific hour and like the news was at like, you know, there was only one outlet, you know, all that crazy, like there's multiple outlets, multiple perspectives. Um, which is nice from the idea of like you can perceive all the different angles, but also horrible because then you can just put your little blinders on and be so focused um, into one sector that you can't, you know, be open to hearing another person's side or another, um, like another post. Also on top of that, misinformation is huge. Like social media, I've really come to like, any Facebook post where someone says something, or even when I look on Pinterest now, and when I was younger, I loved Pinterest. I was like, oh, if I eat like, I don't know, a grapefruit and blah, 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 I'll be giving myself so much like benefits. My hair's going to grow really long, all this silly stuff. And then I look back now and I'm like, good Lord, where's the science behind it? (laughs) Like, this is just someone put nice text over a pretty picture of fruit. And they said this, like, where is the actual, um, proof. And I think going to people like I work with dietitians since we work in the food sector and working with them is so helpful because they'll even say to me, you know, I hear this is a great thing, like the, like adapt adaptogens and all that stuff, but I haven't read enough studies to really formulate an opinion on it. So once I read more studies, I'll let you know what I think. And I was like, fabulous, you know, (laughs) like, that's how it should be. <laughs> how unique in this day and age, or at least it seems like that, you know, but there is a whole yeah. world of people who are not, are not suffocated and engulfed by social media, you know, and I think what you're speaking to is so important. And um, what it reminds me is that the only truth really that we can know is one that we experience. And if you're experience, so experiencing social media all the time and there's no other and the people that you're following are so specific all the time that those are that's what your truth is going to be. If you're out in the world and you're 
hiking and you're fishing and you're, you know, meeting people and you're shopping and you're doing the daily activities, like what you see becomes your truth, you know, and how you respond to it becomes who you are and who you put yourself around is also who you become, you know? And so balance and the word you used boundaries. That's such a good Mm -hmm. tip. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Well, Sophia, it is the holiday season. Yeah. And thank goodness for the holidays. What is uh, what does Christmas mean to you? And um, Oh, that's such a fun question. Um to me it means food <laughs> and cookies. And I know I put away the scary stuff, but I love the cheesy, the Hallmark movies, the Netflix movies, the big city girl goes back to the small town <laughs> or like the rock star makes a pit stop in a small town. <laughs> Wait, which is the, is there a Reese Witherspoon one where she's a big city girl that goes back oh, to the small and town? And they switch. Yeah. Um, I think that one is with Ashton Kutcher. They like switch um, houses. And they fall in love with each other's yeah. boyfriends or something. Oh, 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 that No, one. maybe that's a different one, but I just know that there's a Reese yeah. Witherspoon where she goes back to the small town. <laughs> oh, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking one? about that. Maybe. Yes. But um, yeah, I just love those like silly movies. And it's so interesting for me now because I'm like creating my own traditions. Um, previously, holidays, like my family knows, um, and they're very supportive of me now because it was just crazy. Like I'd have you know, cousins coming in on my mom's side, but then cousins coming in on my dad's side. And there's only like two days, three days that Christmas, like the 23rd, 24th, 25th, and just like splitting days each day or going back and forth. And then it's like party, party, party. Um, the, the craziest, the height of the crazy was I went to seven Christmas parties in six days in both, both Northern California and Southern California. So there wow. was travel and parties and Um, then, you know, COVID hit the next year. So I was like, okay, never doing that again, never spreading myself so thin. And now, um, my family is so helpful and so supportive. And I think it's also helpful that like, I'm an only child. So like, even though I have four parents, I can kind of, you know, create, it's just like a different style of relationship with them. Um, so now I'm like, seeing my dad this week and then I'll be in Long Beach with my mom for Christmas day. Um, but just kind of finding those opportunities to make it work for me so that I'm not spread like so thin and that I can actually enjoy the holidays instead of, you know, get all emotional and worked up and like, I can't see them for two days, but I can't see, you know, all that stuff. Totally. Mm -hmm. Like Christmas is available at any time, right? That spirit of Christmas and family available at any time. And even like, why do we have to wait until after Christmas? Why can't we celebrate before? Like, I don't care what day it is. I just like really would love to see, like, for example, I get to see my grandparents this week. I get to see like two different sets of grandparents this week, which means a lot to me. Um, So that's, that's also what Christmas is about, like family and food and fun, I'd say. And cookies and movies. Yes, cookies and movies. <laughs> but that exactly. goes in the food category and that goes in the fun category, right? Yes, exactly. What is a wish, a holiday wish that you have for our viewers and our listeners? Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay. Um, hmm. There's like so many different ways I could go with this. I think a holiday wish for the viewers is that 
They take a second for themselves. I think Jim said it very well in the class today. Um, it's holiday craziness. You know, holidays can bring up like a lot of joy, a lot of pain, missing loved ones who won't be there this year. You know, it can bring a whole range of emotions. But taking that time to just kind of check in, um, maybe the gift of presents, like the one present this year I wish for them is like just a little bit of presence to check in. Maybe they go to a coffee shop by themselves or, oh, I'll just go and run the errands, but I'll do that by myself. And it won't just be about running errands. It'll be about me stepping outside. It'll be about me getting out and just kind of looking in and being like, okay, you know, I can do this. So I hope and I wish that all of the wonderful viewers have some presents and they don't feel like they have to just rush through the holidays and get through it, but they can say, oh, like, let's block off, you know, Saturday morning for the family. Let's just block it off. We don't need to be at Aunt Susie's until three. Like, let's just enjoy. Let's just do something fun and, you know, be present within the moment. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being so generous with that wish. It's uh it definitely hits home for me. I mean, you know, Katie and I um living in the great outdoors of Idaho still are working a thousand percent on SDY yeah. and um mm -hmm. it's really easy to get sucked into that and to forget the wonderful, beautiful things that are around us and to forget to remember those people that are no longer with us that we um, love and cherish and have made us who we are. So I definitely am going to take the time to do that. And uh, listeners, please take the time to get present and um, look at what's right in front of you and what's right around you. And remember that right now is all that you've got. And, and it's good. You know, you can always find some good in whatever's going on. And like Sophia spoke to earlier, it's a great reminder, like whatever emotions come up with you, just navigate with them. Don't let them rule your your day. Don't let them take over your life, but just be with them and you'll be able to pass through whatever comes your way. Definitely. Awesome. Okay. Sophia, thank you for being a part of Play Hard and Love Big yeah. Radio. This was so fun. Thank you. Dang. Right. Well, on that... <laughs> Just a reminder, Play Hard and Love Big Radio is the official podcast of Spotted Dog Yoga and Sup. If you're watching on the video, it's right behind Sophia there. She's in the studio. Sp uh, Play Hard and Love Big Radio is dedicated to bringing you the inspirational people and the inspirational stories to help you live a more purposeful and passionate life. And Sophia Burt, you have definitely done that for us today. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and your family, my friend. Happy holidays. Hope you all have a good one. See you. Bye.